Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Unless it's a secret sibling, which probably is. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it all makes sense now. It's like, no, No, it doesn't. It makes less (laughs) sense. I have more questions. Well, some some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Some people being. (laughs) And it made you sad. The total opposite made you sad. It's so bleak. I was reading it and I was like, damn, this girl's like, <laughs> You're gonna make a lot of enemies on the internet. And we're back with today's trope: love triangles, most commonly where two characters where two characters have fallen head over heels for a third and must prove themselves as the superior love interest. It's a staple in romance, but often appears in other genres, the biggest and baddest of all the triangles being Twilight, which is a wonderful example of why the trope gets such a bad rep, with almost every character taking any and every opportunity to ignore red flags and make only the most unhealthy of decisions. So let's get into it. Naomi, how do you feel about love triangles? Love triangles are probably my least favorite trope. I'll be <laughs> honest. I'll start off uh, going and swinging, but um, yeah, <laughs> there's for me with a love triangle. There's always a victim. Um, so and it always really pisses me off. Like like at, at the beginning, the author goes to lengths to present these two love interests and they're both and why they're both suitable. And then towards the end of the book, when she's just dis- when the author has decided. Um, which which love interest is going to win the the heroine? Um, <laughs> she often the, the author often demonizes one of the love interests um, to make sure that the reader is satisfied with the choice that the heroine makes. And I think in that sense, um, the one of the love interests will just do the total opposite um, of of how they have been presented throughout the book so far. Um, like so, a good example of that is um, Gail in the Hunger Games where um you know he's he ends up being uh, responsible for the death of Katniss's sister and it's just like he would just never do that because he was he was always like really looking after Prim whilst Katniss was in the Hunger Games and he went to lengths to make sure that she was she was looked after and that her Katniss's family was safe and then you just find out that near the end he was kind of responsible for her death and it just like I don't know. It's just really unsatisfying. Um, so yeah, love love triangles are not for me. Um, and then the other reason I really dislike them is that often, um, not in the Hunger Games actually, but in Twilight, which is probably why love triangles get such a bad rep, is the fact that the main uh, character, the heroine, is often has no personality other than to be defined by the choice of which love interest she chooses. Um, yeah. And Twilight is is really bad for that. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, in defense of Hunger Games, although it, it mm. is against character, the things that they then reveal that Gail has done or is doing or how he acts, 
yeah. the the something I do like about the way that the the love triangle works there is that the two love interests represent the two halves of her life or like the two sort of choices of her of her life sort of more than the actual characters themselves where it's like mm. gail is the revolution and and then there's the quiet life of, of you know peace and tranquility yeah i think that's a good point so i kind of get why she did it but it is against mm. character yeah it just it's, i don't know it just happens really bluntly as well i don't yeah. know it's it's I don't know. That's like my least favorite part of that book, but I mean, I love lawsuits <laughs> generally. <laughs> but also, though, Candace is the complete opposite of Bella in the sense that she has a personality and she yeah. um, is quite a strong female character, and you're happy to follow mm. her around. Whereas Bella is a bit more of a not like that. <laughs> if anything, it's the reverse, right? <laughs> I don't want to slag her off. Sorry. <laughs> Where Bella is a blank slate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like the reverse because the 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 guys in Hunger Games don't have that much personality other than the the sort of thing that they represent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In the same way. Yeah. Feminism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about what about you, Melissa? Where where are you on love triangles? Um, so my toxic trait is that even though I agree with absolutely everything <laughs> Naomi just said, I love love triangles. <laughs> I, they're, they're really dumb. Like they're really dumb. Don't get me wrong. And I totally agree with everything you said. And most of the time, they do just represent like some really annoying part of the story or one personality change versus one choice or whatever it may be. Um, but no, I love them. I would be really stressed if it was real life. I always think this when reading them. Like this would really stress mm. me out. Like I can barely handle my poor partner, long suffering partner as I am. <laughs> like never mind adding another person. I don't know how they have time. All of these like people who are running whole like revolutions and stuff. I don't know how Kat has time for two boys, but fine. <laughs> it's so true. Um, but I love it. <laughs> how does she put it all in yeah so i love it but because i know i love it i tried to pick an example of somewhere where i don't think it works and i did not love it even though i was addicted to the television series of this so i will i will admit i've not read the books of this particular series, but I have watched the television series and I've mentioned it to you guys before. And the television series I'm talking about is The Summer I Turn Pretty. And I watched it all on Prime in like two days. Absolutely binged it. After every episode was like, oh my gosh, I'm so angry at these toxic characters. Like shove more food in my mouth, press next episode because I loved it, but obviously I hated it. Um, and I will also say, so it's a Jenny Han book series. And again, not read the book. So maybe it's done better in the books, but mm -hmm. in the series... There's lots of elements to actually like about the series. There's some great relationship between the parents, the two mums in the series who, I'm just checking, are called um, Laurel and Susanna. And they're like, this got this amazing like girl friendship. And there's some really, really good bits. But the worst bit is definitely the main storyline, which is the love story. So if you guys haven't seen it, um, there's this character called Belly who's called Isabel. And I think they call her Belly to make her seem like so childlike and ugly because she used to have braces and glasses, of course. So she was <laughs> yeah, that's, hideous. That's not like, a great Just uh, a little trigger warning for people watching uh, it. She glasses. was so disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> she wore and had braces on. And then one summer she turns up and it's the summer she turned pretty. And she's literally hit oh, on okay. on the way into town to go and so go for summer to see these two boys that she's known since childhood. She is hit on by every male person <laughs> on the way into town. Like she stops well. at the gas station and this guy's like not so you around before and i'm thinking i think she's 15 in the show i think i stopped <laughs> oh, and i checked no. and i was like wow really but anyway That's back to the love cool. triangle yeah it was it 
was very weird. Um, so yeah, obviously it's two brothers, the best kind of love triangle. Think Vampire Diaries. Think the best kind of most toxic <laughs> of all love triangles. They're two brothers, and she's basically their surrogate sister because the mums are friends, and they're called Comrade and Jeremiah. And Comrade is an absolute monster of a person. He's horrible <laughs> to everyone, and he's just awful. And Jeremiah is really, really chilled out guy. Um, always having fun. Always has loads of time for his friends and stuff. So guess which one she loves. No, obviously the toxic one <laughs> it was <laughs> my favorite um i don't know why like because obviously we're talking about all the toxic stuff that happens in twilight as well and it's not that it's dissimilar and i know there are problems in other love triangles but for this one in particular there seemed to be no other story going on apart from she for some reason right. quite like these two lads who whilst jeremiah is very fun He's fairly vacuous in the TV series, I will repeat. Um, and Comrade just seems horrible. <laughs> I don't really... Yeah, okay, they're kind of cute. That's about it. Every other <laughs> boy in town wants her. So it's not like they're the only two choices because she's pretty now, remember? She doesn't have the glasses or the braces, I'll remind mm. you, because you can't see her to understand. Um, yeah, so I didn't really understand the love triangle in that, and I felt like it got in the way of some other really cool storylines, which is why I didn't like it. And I think maybe mm -hmm. it works better in fantasy, dystopian sci-fi when there's loads going on. Yeah. And then there's loads of like fun stuff happening around it. And then I can also revel in the quiet moments. How do we make that exciting? We'll put it in a love triangle. And I enjoy that. Whereas this was the main story was the love triangle. She's really just in a small seaside town for summer full of rich kids. There's nothing else really happening. So the love triangle seems right. worse, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. That kind of ties in with what we were just saying about uh, how does Katniss have time? to yeah. juggle whereas it's like when you actually think about it it's like she's not she can't be speaking to them often you know yeah. what i mean but you don't think about yeah. that you don't like with the love triangle you're like that's just a subplot so i'm not going to invest yes. too much thought yeah. in it whereas exactly. when it's front and center you're like but why yeah <laughs> why, that's who? the plot when that's the a plot i think it struggles a bit more and when maybe because it's completely contemporary the summer i turn pretty so mm. there's not yeah. like a whole bunch of natural action happening around Belly, the main character. It's really about how she's going to the debutante ball. That's about it. That's about the story. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, take wow, I can't watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. When it's like the main plot, it's not so interesting, but when it's happening around something else, that's when it becomes yes. yeah. yeah, more engaging. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's just like there's so much pressure on it when you, you make it the main arc of the whole story, yeah. that it's going to be like, it's the only thing to scrutinize. So then all the toxicity and things like that, because I think one of the biggest issues, and I'm, I'll get onto it later, but there, there are like healthier triangles, but mm. one of the biggest issues with, especially the triangles that we've just talked about is that there's, um, there's the, the, the one person who is being chased and the two suitors is the classic one. Yeah. And it feels like, as Naomi said, one of the suitors is usually villainized and then they're like, so you don't have to care about them anymore. Kind of like yeah, in exactly. Black Panther when they made Michael B. Jordan's villain like a bit too yeah, right. And they so were like, true. well, have him murder oh. some old yeah. people. And then so that everyone remembers <laughs> he's so the villain. That's so true, yeah. But in a lot of those triangles, I always think that the the person who's being sought after is actually usually the POV character. And like mm. a lot of the time they're the one who needs to like stop this. They're the person that needs to step in and be like, look, 
you can't both be like fighting each other for my affection. It's not healthy for either of you. And I'm being selfish by letting you do it. And they also can't really like them that much yeah. if they're letting them do it. Uh, it seems yeah, okay. more like a power trip. Yeah. Like just enjoying the attention. Exactly. Mm. And Twilight's like the worst offender. She, They're like ready to kill each other and start a <laughs> magical war between vampires and werewolves. Yeah. And she's just like... It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I haven't made my All mind up. <laughs> there's, there's one love triangle that I actually mm. really liked. Um, so it's not mm. YA. Um, and I can't think of one in YA that I actually love where everyone comes off okay on it. But Bridget Jones mm. from, is one that I've always thought was done quite well because mm-hmm. – um, and also it felt quite real and like I know it's contemporary and blah 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 blah. but like um one of the love interests is like an absolute shit and he's just like gaslighting <laughs> and lying like all the time and it's just like the, how Bridget goes about finding that out and deciding that actually no you're not for me um that is actually quite healthy and the way that mm. she then um comes to self-acceptance after him and after she's binned him off and like binning him off is like empowering for her. And like, um, she goes away and she sorts herself out and then she gets the guy uh, that she's always meant to be with who tells her, um, I like you just as you are, you know, like, he, okay. So he's, he's not perfect either, but, um, I just think the way that it's handled, um, one of them is already a villain. Um, and it's just yeah. her finding out about it as opposed to he's a nice guy and then does something bad later. You know, he is already a bad character and it's up to her to uh, um, dis- discover that. And that's her journey. Um, so I and she also is not like a prize as such because she's kind of, you know, she's she's like overweight and she smokes and she's like she always says the wrong thing. <laughs> You know, so it's like it's interesting um, subverting that trope in that way where you've got this person who Mm -hmm. actually has a fully fledged personality and comes to some sort of uh, and has like a real character arc through her journey of this trope, um, as opposed to Bella, who has no personality and doesn't really have a character arc other than she becomes a vampire. Yeah. Is that what to say? (laughs) I I guess that's that's it, though. It's it's, um, something that we hadn't talked about just yet was that. Yeah, a lot of the time the person doesn't have an arc that involves the the love triangle. Mm-hmm. So Bridget has an arc. And as you say, it's already set that there's going to be a villain. So really the story is about Bridget understanding herself and what's healthy for herself. And then at the end, mm. she has the yeah. resolution of um, Colin Firth. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Who wouldn't want that resolution? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what's Bella's arc in Twilight? She becomes mm. a vampire. Yeah. She doesn't learn anything to make the choice between Edward and Jacob. No. Yeah. Maybe that's why it doesn't work as well in um, YA. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Then, if it's more front and center. So technically, 
the love triangle and the love story is the A plot, obviously, of Bridget Jones because it's a romance story, as it is in The Summer I Turned Pretty. But I think the difference mm-hmm. is because A, Bridget, obviously, like really amazingly well written character, but also because it's adult, it's not a coming of age story where she's, I mean, she's slightly discovering who she is, but she's also become a person because she's an adult. And so she's actually almost trying to become a better person. That's part of her arc and make sure she looks after herself more and stuff like that. Whereas that's not really the theme in YA. So maybe it works better as an adult. Mm. It's an interesting thought. Mm. Yeah. Because an adult, it's like uh, re-coming of age. It's like you've already had your coming of age and then you have to learn again who you are because you've got it wrong this whole time. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I I was, while we're talking about good examples of them in YA, I was trying to think of one. um, And there's this series called A Thousand Skies Above Me or... A Thousand Pieces of You, I think it's called, sorry, by Claudia Gray. It's really good. You should read it. <laughs> um, it's, it's a trilogy about a girl who basically is hopping universes and um, trying to find the person who murdered her father, who escaped into an alternate universe. And uh, the subplot is a love triangle between her and two of her dad's um, research helpers. And the and I thought, like, spoiler alert, it was resolved really well throughout the trilogy because... Um, so she picks one of the guys and then you learn that in another universe, she picks the other one, you know? And I thought that was like ah. a really, a really clever way of like satisfying the reader because neither of them are demonized. They're both good guys and they both have, they're both quite well drawn actually. Um, and the main character gets with both of them, you know, I thought that was quite clever um, using mm. the whole premise of the book about this alternate reality thing. Um, and then having her choose them both. I thought that was clever. Yeah, that's cool. But I think with this trope, and then I was I realized that this was a weird one, was it, it is sad when a character, and not just in this trope, just in anything, when you're reading something and then suddenly a character just swerves into becoming yeah. a villain. And yeah. you're like, oh, why? But yeah. uh, I realized that Frozen kind of has a love triangle, but they leaned yeah. so hard into the trope of like oh well we're just going to demonize one of them they were like no no this guy's full villain from the start you just don't know it yeah that's <laughs> which that's i thought worked really example. well yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i quite like that one i think you can make it work with villains like i was thinking about um which is kind of why slash adult crossover we're in shadow and bone and obviously you've got and obviously their netflix series went up through the love triangle basically in the first season um and obviously there's like a thousand different like novels and companion novels, which you can read. I've only read two or three of them. Um, but it's got Alina is choosing between Mal, who's the childhood best friend, Labrador kind of character. He's really <laughs> nice and he wants to protect her and he's very loyal. And then obviously you've got the Darkling, who we know is evil and it's hinted that he's evil and then you find out he's evil and it's fairly obviously evil. He's called the Darkling, which is like <laughs> a small hint that he's evil. But I think it worked quite well because she they are separated even though they're writing letters to each other and they sort of do that in the book as well. They're not getting each other's letters because they're being intercepted. Um... So she thinks she's been totally abandoned by Mal, her, the childhood best friend, and so the Darkling can kind of swoop in um and it is like a hot good romance it's a good one guys um so i'm like totally okay with that um but then when he's the bad one everyone has that line make me your villain which is such a good line and it's just like oh yes make me your villain and it's so good and it really like feeds into all the tropes i really want and made me feel like really satisfied with the love triangle tropes almost lent into it a lot and i was like yeah i'm okay with this (laughs) this is fine she can be with this villain that's okay he will wait 
300 years for him to forgive her. Okay, yeah, I'm good with this. Actually, he's like one of those villains. What is it? Like she won't say like sacrifice her to save the world. Like he would sacrifice the world to save her. And it's like, yeah, love that. But that's, I think, just because it's so well written and it's like such a well written series and she knows what she's doing. So maybe Mm -hmm. like that's why it's a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe that's why it works a bit more. But I think it still works because he's so obviously a villain and you find out he's a villain. Yeah, you're still kind of okay with the love triangle. Well, <laughs> yeah. I was. I was like, well, this is like this is like House of the Dragon, which I'm watching at the minute. And every night, I'm like, okay, Team Damon Defense League. What will I have to defend my <laughs> precious Prince Damon from today? Because I will just let him get away with anything because there's something wrong with me. So <laughs> that's just me. What but, mental yeah. gymnastics will I be doing soon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I will do it for my sweet, precious Prince Damon, who must be protected at all costs. Exactly. Um, and I'm a little bit the same about the darkening. So maybe that's why. Maybe I just like that darkness in there. Maybe if you lean all the way into the villain trope, instead of just being... Yeah. Like, sometimes they come off as a villain, but say, in uh, Bridget Jones, is just like, ew, ugh. Like, with Hugh Grant, you're just like, no, stop it now. You're being... No, this is gross behavior. I don't like this. Whereas with the darkening, I'm like, ooh, I will make you my villain. Like, yes. And so I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's me. Maybe there's something wrong with me. It could be a fantasy thing where it's like, yes, like it it's probably so, is a fantasy thing, actually. Yeah, yeah like fantasy yeah, sci fi villains can get away with way more because you yes. know it's just not real. Whereas, yeah, Hugh Grant's character is like, it probably exists. People are probably yeah. like that. <laughs> Everyone knows someone like that. That's so true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if only I did know a darkling, but I don't, sadly. <laughs> I'm glad you don't, because then they, then that person would exist in the world. <laughs> and if anyone knows anything about that series, you don't want that person existing in the world. <laughs> unless. Uh, no, you don't. unless. <laughs> is, it, is it done as well in the TV show? I think it is, yeah. I've not read like the whole, I think there's like nine or maybe even more nine, books and novellas no. that all feed into the same universe. And I know they pick some bits out of say six of crows and stuff and they layer it together i think it went really well and i watched it with my partner who doesn't really do ya um does a bit of high fantasy but had never heard of shadow and bone obviously shadow and bone is high fantasy but also kind of leans into sort of world war one era technology and stuff like that so it's a little bit different as opposed to medieval fantasy and he loved it and totally understood all of the layers and the elements so i think it was done quite well for that and also i guess with the tv show it does have to stand on its own two feet away from the books and i thought it did yeah like i enjoyed it my partner enjoyed it so at that and Mm. that's somebody who's not used to that sort of genre of unlike love triangle stuff he's not used to like the love triangle stuff but even he was a little bit i was like the darkling well no he wasn't actually that (laughs) but i was and he was okay with it (laughs) so it's fine (laughs) i'm I'm guessing that it, the only I watched that season, and the only thing was it f- did feel like I imagine more rushed than it is in the book. Because yeah, they, it felt like they did wanted to get through the whole like triangle thing in one season. Yeah, to kind of hook people because I guess they didn't know how successful it was going to be. Yeah, that's so true. And I did have to. I watched it with subtitles to make sure I was following along. And I've read a couple of the books, mm-hmm. so and I still use subtitles. <laughs> keep on track of who was who and stuff but that's a good idea i still i think definitely the love triangle element was really fun i remember seeing so many memes of people being like yes 
like picking a side <laughs> oh how interesting is Mal when you have the Darkling and other people like yeah. fighting for Mal so I know it was working because I kept seeing all these memes everywhere about it mm-hmm. and Ben Barnes like got like an insane number of followers after playing the Darkling and stuff so I know that like it definitely was working for people not just me being a crazy I mean, ben person Barnes, Ben Barnes helps a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's as fit as Ben Barnes in the books so <laughs> could be wrong <laughs> as, you mean there's the actor that played uh, Dorian Gray yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. They knew what they were doing when they made that casting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so true. But okay, getting getting back onto 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 the love triangles because I wanted to bring it up because all, most of the examples we've given have been like the toxic ones that are really bad and that they're, they're mm-hmm. of a style. It's usually two boys chasing after a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are. I don't want to say healthy. It's it's almost always going to be unhealthy. Uh, but there are ones where I'm okay with it and it's more tragic than it is mm-hmm. like... Because the, the worst ones are, is when two characters are pitted against each other. And that's like... That's where things are like always going to be problematic because someone should put an end to it. Which is why I think it's always almost always YA because teenagers don't know anything. <laughs> but as an example of something where i think it's like healthier but it leans in towards tragedy is something like les mis when in les mis you have eponine who's who's in love with um what's his name you know the one (laughs) The (laughs) The, the young annoying one uh who 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 is obsessed with cosette uh but eponine's his like best friend from when they were like younger and she never does anything she sort of tragically sees them together and is sad and sings very sad songs about it but she never does anything to interfere or hinder if anything she actually like helps him and then she ends up dying in his arms in this extremely tragic way (laughs) spoilers if you haven't read or seen Les Mis (laughs) it's like three hours long I haven't committed to it yet I'll be honest (laughs) you'll forget by the time you watch it (laughs) but um I think like it's it's not like it's sad but it's much healthier in that she's that she never goes out of her way to hinder it and she loves him and she doesn't try to destroy the relationship or one-up the 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 person that he is in love with Mm-hmm. And that happens in other things as well. Yeah. Not as fun though, is it? <laughs> it's like, tragic, isn't it? It's <laughs> super depressing. <laughs> but it is a healthier. And, and then the other one that I think is healthy, which you see a lot in, uh, which, which happens quite a bit in YA stuff, uh, is where the it's usually the main character, the point of view character, is obsessed with someone at school. It's usually at school. And they're like, oh, this is the person I must be with. And I watched a film recently called Crush mm-hmm. uh, where, where this happened. And it's like, oh, I'm in love with this person. And then there'll be someone else in Crush. It's the sister of that person. And and they end up having to spend time together. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll help you. You know, well, let's hang out. And then maybe you'll at some point ask that person out. And then eventually they realize that they loved the friend all along mm-hmm. you know and and you and often that's the one where the 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 person who's uh the the main character is chasing after is kind of unaware that they exist mm-hmm. um and i feel like that's a sort of more healthy uh healthy one and it kind of has a nicer message where it's like 
stop kind of trying to look too far when like you know you mm, appreciate right the things around you, you. Mm. Mm. i mean it's cheesy, all in love. Yeah. <laughs> exactly very healthy though the friends very... we made along the way <laughs> <laughs> i guess in the vampire diaries they do try and flip that though in the tv series versus the books because i read the books when i was younger and the books i think they're set in like the 90s because that's when they came out and it's lj smith and then obviously the tv series was naughty through to 2010s and um <laughs> It's a spoiler. Um, but when she, <laughs> at the end, um, in the last few series, not only does she like quite solidly choose, and obviously it's brothers like love triangle. So the ultimate, usually toxic love triangle, and through a lot of it is fairly toxic. But actually at the end, what Julie Pleck, the showrunner, did, which is different from the books, um, is that she chooses Damon but they try and save his brother, Stefan, but he actually knows the kind of person he is. He has to sacrifice himself for everyone else. So mm. she makes a very solid choice, but then he also, the other part of the triangle dies. And I think it was a quite not toxic way to finish it off, but it is tragic. It's very tragic. Mm. Yeah. But I thought it was, it's a lot less toxic than say either the books which again i absolutely love the books i'm not trashing the books and they were written a long time ago so <laughs> it's a completely different thing um but i do think that they did a really good job like julie pleck as a showrunner trying to get around those tropes and it didn't it was very tragic but it was very like nice and they sort of appreciated what he did for them and it's a very long storyline but there was a reason he had to sacrifice himself so that everyone else would be safe and he finds love with somebody else and it is very nice actually and they kind of pull the love triangle apart a little bit and everyone makes solid decisions so I think that yeah. that's not as toxic. Quite rare. <laughs> yeah. What what you're saying is you have to kill someone in the love triangle. <laughs> yeah. To make it has it to be tragic or toxic. <laughs> it's the two T's. Yeah. That's, that's it. it one or the other. But some, so, so someone at some point in the love triangle is always going to lose. Like no, someone yeah. is coming out the loser of it, and I think that's why I don't like them because yeah. like like someone's going to die like we've just talked about or someone is going to be made out to be a villain a really surprising villain and it's like then the reader loses <laughs> pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't know. Yeah, this yeah. just, I don't know. This... I guess the ones that work are the ones where you know it's you know that there's a villain up front. Mm. And then yeah. it's yeah. kind of a foregone conclusion at that point, but you're kind of, you know who they're going to end up with. Yeah. Uh, like the beauty and the beast. Yeah, like that's you true. know that Gaston is the worst. Like, yeah, from you the don't want Belle to end up with her, him. Yeah. Well, you also know that she's never going to end up with him. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, because she says as much. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, even though he's especially good at expectorating. Gaston will be alive in ten years when the revolution happens and they kill the prince. That's all I'm saying. Is France? <laughs> oh yeah. True. Mm -hmm. Do you not think though that most love triangles that you can think of are, are straight as well? Like I can't. Yeah. I I can't wow. think of one. I I think I'm a bit underread in that area anyway. But I can't really think of one where like there's like a bi character or like you should watch Crush, the film I was talking about that, before. Okay. Where it's 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 a girl and two sisters. 
Oh, that's so interesting. Exactly. Okay. Remove boys from the equation. Yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. that could be interesting. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was it's very it's a very classic um high school rom com. Like it yeah. it kind of hits all of the tropes. Um it just it just happened to be three girls instead of uh, a boy and two girls or two boys and a girl. It's interesting. Yeah. So it adds an extra. They're in the summer I turn pretty, to be fair. Jeremiah is a bisexual character. And before okay. he decides that Belly is suddenly really pretty, um, he's getting <laughs> off with uh, basically everyone at all the parties. Like, you know, <laughs> props to Jeremiah. He is like very popular with everyone in town. So <laughs> that's nice. You know, representation good and for also Jeremiah. Very, good for Jeremiah, right? Yeah, she's she's saying, but I thought you weren't interested in me. It was like those were parties, but it's quite funny. It's just getting off oh, with okay. a different person in the background of every shot. It's great actually. He is he is the better choice. Of course, it's not the choice made. Um, or I suppose it's left a bit open, but yeah, it's not really the choice made. Presumably, he's only uh, making out with people without glasses and braces. <laughs> <laughs> the most beauteous people who do not have glasses and braces. Yeah, no, he's. Look, I didn't say Jeremiah wasn't uh, really, really shallow. Okay, I just said <laughs> he yeah. has his fair share of people. <laughs> but that, that's another problem with love triangles, though, in that they make the mm-hmm. love interest out to be a prize. So, so she obviously mm-hmm. wasn't considered a prize when she had braces and glasses. And it's like, what does that yeah. teach people? Like, it's it's really, really shit. And like. Another one that really pisses me off um, is Kiara Knightley's love triangle in Love Actually. Mm. Um, so like she's uh. so she gets married, and then her husband's best friend decides that actually he's actually secretly in love with her, and he treats her like abominably. Um, you know, he's rude to her, he's mean to her, and then he turns up on her doorstep professing undying love, and it's like. And but she she has no personality other than being pretty and is just considered yeah. like a prize, you know. Like she doesn't. I don't think she's given any dialogue at any opportunity at any time to really demonstrate a personality other than her terrible taste in pie. I think is what she says. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, and but these two like she's married and then his best friend fancy like is in love with her and it's just like it's just really poisonous. I don't know. It's so weird. I went off on a tangent there. Mm. That's also the, the only love triangle I can think of where the two people are completely unaware of the triangle that exists. <laughs> yeah, that's like so literally true. one person has created <laughs> <Yeah>. this triangle. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It's so weird. <laughs> friend's wife as well and he turns up yeah. at their doorstep and tells her how much he loves her it's just like what a betrayal and yeah. then and then she rewards him for it and right? she rewards she, she him for him. it yeah it's so yeah. bad she yeah. should yeah. She, like she in my mind if someone treated me like that i'd be like please get away from me why are you yeah. why or as soon as she opened the psycho. door if you're holding yeah. a sign being like Shh, i'd be like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm calling the police yeah <laughs> i'm like ollie Who's <laughs> also he must hate carolers because doesn't he he's like say it's carolers and yeah. it's like he, he just can't it's be bothered just, the yeah. husband stays inside he's like oh. <laughs> whatever i'll let you sit there and listen to them alone <laughs> <laughs> awkward yeah Bloody there are carolers. no good choices for 18 year old kira knightley in that movie oh yeah she was so oh, young that's so bad. 18 year old she's only something like five years older than um Gosh, I can't remember what his name is, but who plays um, 
Oh my god, um, Brody Sangster, Thomas Brody Sangster, who plays um, the oh, oh the, the yeah, kid, yeah, yeah. no way, yeah. yeah, they're five years apart, and she's playing marriage love triangle, and he's and playing he's playing like drummer. a twelve year old. <laughs> yeah, what? But he's that's, got a, such whole a, young face that's a whole other thing. Yeah. He does. <laughs> it's cr- like I, I, he still looks really young. I know. But he's thirty. He's <laughs> like, He's over thirty now. I think. Have you seen when him? I saw in... him in. Queen's Gambit, are you thinking of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, yeah Queen's yeah. Gambit. He's so skinny. It's like <laughs> adorable. You're like actually sixty. You just perp if you're sixty. It's crazy. <laughs> the, the last thing I want I wanted to to point out, which which I think is a very bizarre thing, and you, first of all, YA has a weird relationship with vampires and association <laughs> with, but mm-hmm. why do almost everything? involving vampires have also a love triangle because mm. you've got like vampire diaries twilight and then also true blood mm-hmm. which actually i think has a love quadrilateral at some point but yeah at points yeah yeah I'm there's something to think about of... vampires and triangles i'm trying to disprove you and struggling <laughs> i can think of two adult books that have vampires and no love triangles that's really interesting Dracula. Uh, oh, that's another one. <laughs> 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 I mean, but the oh um, interview with the vampire that's not got a love triangle does it i don't questioning know questioning yourself now it's been a very long time since yeah i'm <laughs> trying to think I'm now. just picturing tom cruise and brad pitt <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyone thinks of one i would love to hear it at some point yes like i'm yeah. sure i think, think of one tell me because <laughs> they do feel intrinsically linked like if yeah. they're vampires there's going to be a love triangle well uh, okay actually i have one uh mina and the undead by amy mccall mm. oh that yeah ha- that's why mm. it has vampires does not have a love triangle that i can think of does mina and the slayers it's just it's and mina and the slayers i don't you know like maybe ever so slightly but it's not yeah. really a contender <laughs> got it for me yeah, anyway which is fine like, amy that's fine this? You put in the love triangle. Jarrett. I didn't listen to the OB. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so here's my question to both of you. As YA authors, mm. will you ever write a love triangle? Uh, do, do you want to well, go first? Well, you seem like you, you're a like... fan of them. <laughs> <laughs> I do. No, I'd love to. I'm actually trying to think of one at the minute. That's, I was so excited and like boiling over with excitement. And I thought, I can't like let it. I thought I'd best let you go first. But no, I'll go first. And yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I wish I could think of one. I'm trying to think of one actively right now. <laughs> You're just going to shoehorn one in, yeah. like that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I can. Here's a guy um, with no personality. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a really good one, though, obviously, and I'll subvert the trope. You will. Um, you will. No, by look, the way. It'll be the first one that I love. <laughs> <laughs> it probably wouldn't be a perfect love triangle. It probably would be um, something. I would hope in the background. I write. We were just talking about like if it's fantasy, sci-fi, etc. That's what I write anyway. So I would hope it would be if I put mm. one in, it would be a background thing that is like a fun thing to do away from the action that we can talk about and will add some peril to conversations and who you tell stuff to and who you're confiding in. So yeah, I really like it from that point of view. So I totally would. What about you, Naomi? Mm-hmm. Would you never put one in? Um so there was a book I was thinking about writing that did involve one but it was for very specific reasons because I'm not actually going to write the book <laughs> now, but I I will explain my reasons. Um so it, it was it, it's not my favorite trope I actually really really dislike it um for all of the reasons above but the reason I was going to put one in was because I had a really limited cast and they were it was it was set on a spaceship and I was like 
you know, there needs to be something else um, as a subplot that happens. And that was the only reason that I was going to put one in just to bring tension and a bit more drama and a sub B story that I could just dip in and out of every now and again, just for the sake of workout. But um, that is the only reason I would put one in just because it was so limited. And you're like, there's only like four people and they were on a spaceship. And I was like, I need something else. So that would be why I'd put it in. But um, yeah, if, for tension. If we're talking, yeah. And if, if we're talking like where you're not in like a secluded um, or an isolated setting, then no, I probably wouldn't um, have one. What about you, but... Jamie? Well, I just want to say you are a discovery writer, so you yes. never know. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like starts writing it, and she's like, oh, "No, rip it out, delete." delete. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think I would, but I would try and do. I, I would never go like in on it because I feel like you commit to it, right? At a certain point, mm, like in Hunger so Games, she at a certain point you really commit to it. Yeah. I, uh, I was reading in Stormlight, the Stormlight Archives, Brandon Sanderson's. Mm-hmm. He, at one point, he very much sets up a love triangle between yeah. three of the characters. Oh, that is quite and there, well there's a part of me going, oh, please, please don't. <laughs> we don't need this. The story doesn't need this. It's too much. And it, it, it basically, he, he basically sets it up as a sort of bait and switch. And then mm-hmm. a few chapters later, it's like he, he's like they don't even there's no conflict there's nothing he just sets it up as if you think it's going to happen and then doesn't do anything with it yeah it's a real slow it's burn of a, of a yeah i know which one you mean yeah. and I, I was like quite disappointed that it was in but also loving it at the same time <laughs> because like it is it's a really good way of bringing up tension isn't it because you want the heroine to get with a certain character and she's all interested in yeah. someone else it was really irritating yeah. But he didn't. He didn't take it anywhere. So, like, maybe if I did that, no. and I guess if you if you as a discovery writer did accidentally that like sort of come, mm-hmm. you, you sort of fall into a thing where it's like, oh, this is a, I have sort of set one up. You can always just bail because, like, yeah, that's so true. The, the healthy option for one of the characters involved would be like, this seems problematic. I'm not going to <laughs> involve <laughs> yeah. myself in it. And kudos to the to the character. I think you'd like mm. the character more if they were like, I'm going to bow out here. Um, yeah, guys... like do the noble thing. <laughs> yeah, or like just the yeah, sensible. Exactly. Not even noble. It's just like the sensible. Yeah, <laughs> for their sensible. own mental health. <laughs> just exit, evacuate. You know what, guys? I'm out. <laughs> I've seen this. I've seen this story before. It doesn't end well for one of us. <laughs> it's like in a horror movie, you know, where people are like, "Let's split up." No, let's not split up. You know, it just never happens. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's all I had to say about it. Hmm. Awesome. So the consensus was. Very problematic, but Melissa still loves them. Yeah, because I am a problematic person. <laughs> and there isn't enough coverage of, say, a boy who's being chased by two girls or queer relationships, or rather, I'm not well-versed enough and therefore perhaps there aren't as many as straight ones in um, fantasy and sci-fi fiction. But, of course, easily could be corrected on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, not enough representation of the toxic love triangles I love. <laughs> I want more. I, I'm trying to. As soon as you say that, obviously, I'm trying to disprove it. And I think there yeah. are that there was a uh, like in the early 2000s, maybe there was like a string of rom coms where it was uh, two two girls chasing after a boy. But it, but mm-hmm. they they'd framed it where most of the time the POV is the person being chased, but it was always the POV was one of the girls. So like John mm. Tucker must die. Yeah, and, and Mean Girls, I guess. 
But yeah. like you don't really spend any time with the guy and the guy doesn't really know what's going on. And then they yeah. never end up with the guy. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they can be like, as with all tropes, there's ways of doing them right. I like how they do it in Frozen. I think it works. Yeah. Frozen's a good one. Yeah. And remember, you can always kill one of them and then it's fine. <laughs> and then it's just tragic. <laughs> <laughs> Carnegie Medal winning. Yeah, so what we've learned here is that Frozen is a middle grade genre um, and it's done really well. And Bridget Jones is an adult uh, category, sorry, and it's done really well. But YA, um, we are struggling to think of an example. YA can't figure it out. <laughs> I guess we'll just have go, to keep Mal, writing then to find out <laughs> the only way. <laughs> Melissa's going to crack it. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it if you do. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope. <laughs> <laughs>